0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. And so it's so important uh, for all of us to continue to have Eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. And uh, uh, we pray for revival, but we also pray for victory over every enemy. So there's many ways that uh, the purposes of God are manifested. uh, And we don't want to get locked into tunnel vision. That God can only do it or God will only operate one way. He's a God of love, He's a God of mercy, He's a God of grace. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to a knowledge of the Bible, a knowledge of the plan of salvation. And yet, if you oppose God and refuse and rebel, there are consequences to that. And the love of God changes to the judgment of God. And a lot of times Christians struggle with the judgment and the chastisement, the punishment part. Uh, he's a God of both. He prefers the one way, and he'll try the love and mercy and peace and negotiating way Uh Uh, but if you refuse and rebel, a worse thing will come upon you. Even Jesus said that. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And so, yeah, it's just how do you balance all of this? Uh, Just don't be on the wrong side of the Word of God. Therefore, study to show yourself approved, to show yourself worthy of carrying the treasure of the Word of God. And so that's why we're here today. We love studying the Bible, amen? We love learning about the things of God. And uh, so we welcome you to the Torah study. If you're Zooming in with us, we welcome you via Zoom. Uh, and today we begin uh, a new yearly cycle of Torah studies beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and uh, the story of creation. And one of the reasons God includes the creation narrative is to establish, and especially why start with creation? God is establishing that He is the creator of the universe. This is our Father Yahweh's world. This is our Father uh, uh, Jehovah's world. It's His universe. And uh, that we need to remember above all else. And it obviously counters the theory of evolution. Evolution which tries to explain the existence of planet earth and mankind without the existence of god liar liar pants on fire most scientists are uh trying to slant their opinions and their theories as if there is no god yeah they're just mere men and uh Obviously, if their system of teaching prevails in elementary school and in high school and on college campuses, uh, that there is no God, uh, then they can also prove then that the Bible is not true. And then the plan of redemption and salvation, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and the moral standards that come along with all of that. Uh, they can prove then that none of that applies. And then they can in turn uh, cancel that and insert a whole new uh, moral ideology or immoral which we would say an immoral ideology. If there ever was a time to stand for the Lord, to stand for biblical values, that time is now. We are in the middle of birth pangs, the, 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 the time of sorrows that Jesus talked about. We are quickly heading towards the end of time, and we want to be on the right side of history. We want to be on the right side of God. Amen. And so yeah if if there is an immoral ideology looking to supplant our biblical ideology we put up a sign in our front yard vote biblical values and got uh uh confronted by some neighbors who don't like biblical values and uh and so you think well what what do you like non-biblical values and what is it, exactly what is that <laughs> It means that uh, uh, any conceivable belief or lifestyle is acceptable to a non-biblical person. That's why the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Uh, But we'll be fair. Uh, When we're talking about Genesis 1, we're talking about creation. We'll be fair. We do agree in the Big Bang Theory. Our God is a big God and He spoke the world into existence and bang! (laughs) It happened. Another reason uh, that God includes the creation narrative in the Bible is uh, to remind us this is my world. And if He desires to choose the Jewish people To be the apple of His eye, that is His choice. Let no church, let no denomination, let no terrorist group or anti-Christ group say that the Jewish people need to be replaced. If God is the creator of the world and He decided I give this land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants, then let it be done according to the Word of God. And those who stand against Israel, the people that started this brutal and ruthless and inhumane war, uh, they're actually standing against God. Right? And thank the Lord, as it's written many times, they're not going to succeed. Even as you get into the battle of Armageddon, and you know, there's different prophetic uh, timelines, people believe different things, we'll, we'll see when it plays out in real time who was right. We don't have to squabble amongst ourselves. We're all on the same side. Uh, But uh, I believe Armageddon happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation. That's seven years after the rapture. Uh, That's uh, seven years while we're raptured and in heaven, and God is training and equipping His army to return to fight the enemies of God called Armageddon. And Armageddon doesn't happen in America, Armageddon doesn't happen in Ukraine, Armageddon doesn't happen in Russia or China or somewhere around the world. Armageddon happens in Israel. The epicenter of M time events surrounds what is going on in Israel. Who's standing with Israel? And who is opposing Israel? That's what the ba- and when we return as part of the army of God with Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, leading the charge, the enemies of God are destroyed with one word. We don't even have to lift a finger, and pretty much Jesus doesn't either. <laughs> one word, and it's over. And so there's a line being drawn in the world whether or not uh, people should stand um, with Israel. But what about the Palestinians? Well, we'll talk about this. But the Palestinians are part of the Arab world. And if you haven't noticed, every Arab country in the Middle East has closed its borders to the Palestinian, the Arab refugees. Now why would they do that? If they're part of the Arab community, why wouldn't Egypt or Jordan or Lebanon or Syria or uh, Saudi Arabia or all these other why wouldn't they say come? Come, we'll take you while this goes on and they've they've shut their borders. Isn't that uh, interesting? And so uh I can't um overstate this uh, biblical truth, I can't say it enough. Genesis 12-3, I will bless those that bless Israel, I will curse those that curse Israel, is the only correct and appropriate church foreign policy. Amen. The church of the Lord should have no other policy that supersedes Genesis 12-3. And so... Even the church will experience a shaking. And there'll be a shaking in individual Christians. Because if you're operating under false assumptions and misinformation from uh, centuries of replacement theology, centuries of misinformation about what God thinks about Israel, you'll be troubled. We're saddened what's going on, but we know who's going to win in the end. And the people that will bless Israel and stand on biblical values and biblical principles and ideals, we will eventually win. Well, what about the other? They have their chance. Right? They have... A chance again today to decide, you know what, I don't like the direction that my anti-God government is taking me. I'm switching sides. Just like people in your own family. Sinners in your own family. Have a choice. Choose the this day who you will serve. And so we pray for everybody, we love everybody, but we don't have to agree with everybody's choices and lifestyle. That's where Christians sometimes get confused. Well, uh, uh, does that mean that, that I uh, shouldn't push back because I have the love of God in me? No, Jesus braided a whip and pushed back. <laughs> he turned over tables to those that had turned the kingdom of God into a money-making machine. And so, our foreign policy, we want to elect leaders whose foreign policy agrees with the Bible. Whose foreign policy agrees with Genesis twelve three. 3. Uh, l- the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, says, I will bless those who stand with Israel. How many of you today stand with Israel? Let me see your hands. I see that hand, that hand, that. God bless you. Now concerning Israel and the Jewish people, look what God says in Psalm 121. Turn to Psalm 121 in your Bibles. This is from the Names of God Bible. I look up toward the mountains and say, where can I find help? My help comes from Yahweh, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall, Your guardian will not fall asleep. Indeed, the guardian of Israel never rests or sleeps. Yahweh is your guardian. Yahweh is the shade over your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you during the day, nor will the moon at night. Yahweh guards you from every evil. He guards your life. Yahweh guards you as you come and go, now and forever. Father, we claim that promise for Israel and the Jewish people, and we claim that promise for our own families that we will be guarded and protected by the guardian of Israel who never sleeps or slumbers. Amen? We have many friends in Israel. And they're standing in faith just like you're standing in faith. For safety and protection over their loved ones, over their nation. Just like you and I, they're praying for health and healing for those that have been injured uh, due to this terrorist attack. They're praying just like you and I are praying for consolation and comfort and peace over those families who were murdered, innocent victims that were murdered. And they're praying that the God and guardian of Israel to bring a quick and decisive and overwhelming victory over Hamas. Yeah, I said it, over Hamas. And the Arab terrorists, some people call them Palestinians, they're Arabs. And God actually says something about uh, the coalition of terrorists and anti-Israel, anti-Torah, anti-Bible, anti-Christian, anti-everything-that-we-believe-in people. He says in Psalm 83, turn to Psalm 83. This is from the Names of God Bible. O Elohim, do not remain silent. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. Do not keep quiet, O El. Look, your enemies are in an uproar. God has enemies. Those who hate you hold their heads high. Hmm. They make plans in secret against your people and plot together against those you treasure. This is your Bible. You can either receive that and believe that, or just get some scissors and cut that page out. They say, verse 4, Psalm 83, 4, they say, let's wipe out their nation, talking about Israel, so that the name of Israel will no longer be remembered. Isn't that what's happening right now? Come on now. They agree completely on their plan. They form an alliance against you. Now here's where God goes to naming names. Look at the names that He names. God is naming names. He's not protecting them because they're innocent. They are conspiring against Israel, the Jewish people, in this and many other, the, the This is God's treasured people. And He's giving them, uh, He's calling them out. And He's saying uh, uh, the alliance uh, is from the tents of Edom and Ishmael. Ishmael. Moab. Moab, and Hagar. Anybody remember who Hagar is? That's Ishmael's mother. Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, along with those who live in Tyre, even Assyria has joined them. Joined who? The the ones that are conspiring against Israel. They helped the descendants of Lot who abandoned Abraham and took up his uh, uh, home and made his home in Sodom. So, what's going on here? Psalm 83 uh, goes on from there to describe the punishment that God is going to bring upon these nations. And these nations are not nations up in Europe, up in Russia, over in Asia, down in South America, in North America, Central America. These are Middle East nations, exclusively Arab nations. Now up until this time, we have not seen this happen, where there has been a judgment brought upon the nations of the Middle East, the Arab nations. But these are the nations that are conspiring to blot out the name of Israel and God. And God is saying there's a divine judgment coming. There's divine retribution coming against those who seek Israel's destruction. America, elected leaders, don't be backpedaling on your support of Israel. You came out strong for a couple days and now all of a sudden you're getting wobbly knees. We cannot allow that. We need to make our voices heard. And Christians don't fully understand that. There's a lot of Christians that that don't understand, well, why don't we support the pro-Palestinian protests going on in cities around America? Because they're anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-Israel. They're pro-Hamas. You're supporting people that will butcher innocent human beings and not... We can't even begin to tell you without just blowing your mind some of the atrocities. And you think that's deserved? You are not human. If you think that's deserved, your conscience has been seared and is irredeemable. Perhaps they never have really looked back at the history of the conflict. And the history of the conflict goes all the way back to Abraham and Sarah. And the covenant son, Isaac. In that camp, there was Hagar, we just read her name. And there was her son, Ishmael. And... Uh, We won't get into all the atrocities that Ishmael was perpetrating against Isaac to to lead to them being kicked out of the camp. But God said, you're going to suffer. You come against the covenant people, you're going to suffer consequences. And yes, God is a God of love. Hallelujah. He loved me while I was yet a sinner. I had to choose to repent. I had to to choose, just like you had, to choose a side. You had to choose a Savior. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of peace. But He's also a God that will punish the wicked. Uh, The word wicked and wickedness and evil comes up over 2,000 times in the Bible. And a lot of that is against the people that are doing wickedness against the principles and values of God's people. And those who brutalize and abuse and terrorize and torture the innocent, do you think they're going to get away with that? No. Do you think God is going to play neutral? Those who take sides against Israel are going to suffer consequences. Look at Deuteronomy thirty-two, thirty-five. Again in the Names of God Bible. I will take revenge and be satisfied, says the Lord. In due time their foot will slip because their day of disaster is near. Their doom is coming quickly. That is talking about the enemies of Israel. Oh, but that's just the Old Testament. God is a God of wrath in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, He is only a God of love. Oh, really? You, you must have missed the book of Revelation. <laughs> Look at Romans 12, 18 and 19. Romans 12, 18 and 19. As much as it is possible, live in peace with everyone. Was Israel lobbing rockets? Was Israel sending armed uh, soldiers into Gaza before the rockets start? 5,000 rockets! We were there in May when when 1,500 rockets had just been launched. Not against military installations, just random rockets hoping that they would hit neighborhoods. How would you like it if in your neighborhood rockets were launched and your mom and dad were blown up? Your son or daughter was blown up. Your brother or sister was blown up. Who would you be defending? Yeah. Romans 12, 18 and 19. Verse 19. Don't take revenge, dear friends. Instead, let God's anger take care of it. God has anger in the New Testament. Ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts? Well, God would never do anything. Ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira that lied to the church and lied to the Holy Spirit and dropped over dead in the New Testament? Oh, God would never do that. Uh. Well, what do you do with Scriptures like this? Let God's anger take care of it. After all, Scripture says, Now he's referring back to the Old Testament. The New Testament is confirming and validating the Old Testament right here. I alone have the right to take revenge. I will pay back, says the Lord. Now how he does that is his business. And if he decides to speak to the armies of Israel and say, go get them boys, then that's God's business. It is my Father's world. So throughout history, Israel and the Jewish people have tried as much as possible to live in peace. In the promised land, in these last 7,500 years, and around the world, the Palestinians who are Arabs, they're not like some special group of people, They're, they're Arab people. They're descendants of Hagar and Ishmael. And they've rejected peaceful solutions for Israel to live in peace for 75 years. We don't know this. You can't watch a lot of the news. They're not going to give you history lessons. Where are you you going to get a history lesson? Yeah, you're going to have to work your tail off to find out the truth. Because the devil has layers and layers and years and years of lie upon lie and misinformation uh, uh, covering and blinding the eyes of those that would believe. So, you know the story. God's Word And his prophetic scriptures concerning Israel repeatedly tell us that the promised land belongs to the covenant people of God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why am I sharing all of this? So that I I can give Christians a reason, reasons to understand why they need to stand with Israel. Why you can't remain neutral. Look at Genesis 12-7, the uh, original chapter with all the original promises to Abraham. Genesis twelve seven, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give you this land. Does the book of Galatians not call you a seed of Abraham, children of Abraham? To your descendants are we not grafted into Israel your descendants i have given this land then later in genesis 1518 genesis 1518 on the same day the lord made a covenant with abram saying to your descendants i have given this land from the river of egypt to the great river euphrates it's a lot bigger than what the UN gave Israel. <laughs> and now they carve out that West Bank that's really biblical Judea and Samaria. When, when uh, uh, all of the land was divvied up after World War I, Israel was given 77 more percent land than they have today. And they kept shrinking it and shrinking it and shrinking it. God said in Genesis 15, I've given you the land from the river of Egypt, talking about the Nile, to the great river Euphrates up there in Iraq. It's a lot bigger than we ever thought. So here's a quick history lesson. After World War I, we fought a World War I. And Germany was at the heart of the uh, axis of evil at that time. And Turkey, which uh, ruled what was called the Ottoman Empire, chose sides. And the Turks, the Ottomans, chose Germany and the Kaiser. We're going to side with... Well, they got soundly defeated in World War I. Uh, and what goes uh, unknown is that the Turks ruled the Middle East for 400 years. This Ottoman Empire had no borders for 400 It's just the Ottoman Empire. There's no Lebanon. There's no Syria. (laughs) There's no Iraq. There's no Jordan. There's only the Ottoman Empire. 400 years! America is like 400 years old from the time they stepped on Plymouth Rock. That's a long time for no borders. And if you have time, watch the movie Lawrence of Arabia. This will share some of that story and bring some perspective. So the Middle East had no borders for 400 years. Uh, but once the war ended, World War One, and uh, our side won, Germany lost, Turkey lost, the Ottoman Empire lost, all of a sudden uh, the... Uh, 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 Allied nations got together. It's what called the San Remo's concert uh, uh, conference, and they decided what we're going to do with the Ottoman Empire, the Middle East, and so they divided up this huge area into all these different nations. Lebanon was suddenly had borders. Syria suddenly had borders after 400 or more years. Iraq suddenly had borders. Jordan suddenly had borders. And Israel suddenly had borders. And the nation of Israel, along with these other nations, were formed and approved by international law, including the San Remo Conference, the League of Nations, and then later the United Nations. It was mandated again and again and again. You get this land, you get this land, you get this land, you get this land, and the Jews get this land. Yeah, there were people that opposed it. Even people on, uh, in America, in government, opposed it. America has a spotty history of rejecting the Jews. We better be careful right now not to reject the Jews and reject Israel. God forbid somebody side with pro-Palestine. If you're pro-Palestinian, you're pro-Hamas. They're Arabs, not Palestinians. And yet they voted for Hamas. Yeah, let's vote them guys in. Because we believe in everything they believe. But the majority of the world did support the entire Middle East plan, including Israel's right to return to its ancestral homeland. We just read that in Genesis. God gave that land to Abraham. A lot more than they have now. But as it always happens, anti-Semitism is a snake. Anti-Semitism won't die. God said, Amalek will be against you in every generation until the end comes. And when Israel declared their independence officially in 1948, guess who attacked? The Arab nations, all of them. Uh, on the airplane home from Pittsburgh, Pastor did a big uh, Standing with Israel event on Cornerstone Television in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. And on Friday morning, we flew home, and I had uh, downloaded, I think, from Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime the movie Cast a Giant Shadow with Kurt Douglas and it's about 1948 and it's about the formation of Israel and the the uh the battle that was being fought uh and uh so very uh, instructive and informative uh movie uh, another movie is with Paul Newman the movie called The Exodus uh Shares a lot of the story of Israel's founding. Uh, but uh, when, when they attacked in 1948, somebody seized the illegal control of Judea and Samaria. Occupiers. That was the Jordan army. The Jordan army illegally occupied what we call the West Bank today from 1948 to 1967. And in 1967, uh, the Arab nations launched another war against Israel. And Israel soundly defeated them and reclaimed Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. And for the first time in 2,000 years, they were able to get to the Western Wall. You've seen the photos. It's powerful. So Israel finally reclaimed these ancient biblical lands. Now strangely, Jordan and Egypt have never allowed a Palestinian state even when they were in control. Go figure. That kind of explains why they're shutting their borders today. Strangely, Jerusalem was never declared an Arab capital of any nation, especially when they were in control. Strangely, the original Palestinian state was officially approved. Right after World War I, the Palestinian state was approved in none other than Jordan. Jordan. Because Israel originally was given seventy uh, percent more border, and they kept whittling that down, and Jordan was one of the big beneficiaries, and they grew and grew and grew, and so they well the palate all the displaced Arabs in that land are free to move to Jordan, but then the king of Jordan says we don 't want them here." And in one day, he had 30,000 Arabs murdered. And the rest fled for their lives. And some came back to uh, Israel. The great obstacle to middle, peace, uh, middle East peace is this. The Arabs believe Israel has no right to exist. The Arab-Palestinian policy is that Jews have no place in the Middle East. It belongs to Islam. Arab leaders even sided with Hitler and Nazi Germany. That kind of tells you the ideology. You're siding with Nazis? Why did they side with Nazis? Because the Nazis hated the Jews and the Arabs have hated the Jews it goes all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael. Why is Ishmael booted out? Because he committed atrocities. Study it out and you'll I won't go into the atrocities against Isaac and Sarah says, "We can't have this, Abraham." Finally, God said to Abraham, "They got to go." Arab terrorism against Israel has never stopped since 1948. It's never stopped. And despite attacks in 48, 67, the Yom Kippur War of 73, Israel has always been willing to negotiate. We're willing to sit down and talk about how we can have peace. But Hamas, Islamic Jihad, the Palestinian Authority, they don't accept Israel's right to exist. And even in their charters, they're committed to Israel's destruction. I pledge of allegiance to destroy Israel. When we send our kids to summer camp, and they're horseback riding and swimming and arts and crafts, the Arab children, formerly called the Palestinians, they send their children to camp to learn how to kill Jews. Can you imagine what mom, what dad, would send their children to a camp to learn how to kill and terrorize another group. Are you against the KKK? Isn't that what the KKK did? What do you think Hamas is doing? Hamas are Arabs. Descendants of Hagar and Ishmael. Committed to the destruction of Israel. Well, what about Gaza? Aren't there innocent people there? They're not speaking up. I I find it eerie that in all of America, all these pro-Palestinian protests, where are the Palestinians saying, that's awful, we condemn those atrocities. We want peace just like they... Hello, radio silence. Not one leader. Even on CNN or MSDNC. In 2005, President Bush ordered all 8,000 settlers in Gaza out. This we're giving this to the Palestinians, to the Arab people. All, it was a beautiful place. A lot of it ocean front property. You would think, man, <laughs> thank you. They should, even, even if you don't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, you should be saying, thank you, Allah. We got a beautiful, it's already, there's infrastructure here. It's a, the desert is blooming. And they have turned it into a trash heap. All the billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars given didn't go to build schools and neighborhoods and and businesses and hospitals and make that make your Gaza strip a beautiful place. It went to building rockets and tunnels. And there's proven fact, Thousands of Hamas leaders are millionaires as a result of the money, and it's proven they all have massive homes in other countries, Swiss bank accounts. Where did they get all that money? The American taxpayer. So the uh, Palestinian, the Arab Authority took control and then they voted Gaza or they voted Hamas in and they've been shooting rockets ever since they are making no effort to educate their people on peace and in fact there's never been a Palestinian state you know who invented the Palestinians and the Palestinian state yasser arafat and the Palestinian Liberation Organization back in 1964. From 70 AD, when Rome was occupying Israel and destroyed the temple, to 1948, Palestine was never an independent state. The Arab people in Israel never called themselves a nation for all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. There was never a Palestinian flag, there were never Palestinian borders, Arab borders, there was never a Palestinian Arab capital, there was no international recognition. And Jerusalem has never been the capital of any Arab nation. Do you know how many times Jerusalem is mentioned in the holy book Quran? 5 50 500 Zero. Not once. Jerusalem, on the other hand, has been the capital of the Jewish people since David came riding in, dancing, and bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David 3,000 years ago. There has been a continuous Jewish presence in Israel since the days of Abraham. When, when the Arabs controlled all that land, why didn't they make a Palestinian state? They, could, they had their own chant. You're Arabs! These are your people! They never made a Palestinian state. So as we close today, let's remember that God's foreign policy is Genesis 12.3. I will bless those that bless Israel and I will curse those that curse Israel. Look at Deuteronomy 14.2. Coming out of bondage, the bondage of Egypt after all those years. God says, you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Talking about the Jews, Israel. You are a holy people. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. That's a pretty amazing statement. The Lord has chosen you, Israel, to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people who are on the face of the earth. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 135 4. Psalm 135.4 The Lord has chosen Jacob, Israel, unto Himself. And Israel as His peculiar treasure. Is this helping anybody? Well, that's all Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, uh, Jesus came to nullify all the promises God made to Israel and transfer them to the church. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's called replacement theology. Paul, in Romans 9, says we owe the Jewish people a huge debt. Not talking about the Ishmael people. Not talking about Hagar's people. He's talking about Abraham and Sarah. And he's talking about the Jewish people. And in Romans 9, verse 4 Paul says, they were made God's children. The Shekinah has been with them. The covenants are theirs. Notice that's not past tense. The covenants were theirs. No, the covenants are theirs. Romans 9. Likewise, the giving of the Torah, the temple service, and the promises... The patriarchs are theirs. And from them, as far as his physical descent is concerned, came the Messiah. Who is over all. Praise be Adonai forever. Amen. So you can see even Paul is trying to put this all into perspective. And he's saying, love those people. They're the root love the Jews, love Israel. I'm not finished with them. Yeah, many have fallen away. I've darkened their eyes so that the Gentiles could come in. But once we both all come together at the end and become the one new man of Ephesians 2, how great of a homecoming and celebration it will be. Praise be Adonai forever. So, in the last... uh, Uh, 90 seconds, seven things Christians can do to bless Israel. Number one, study God's prophecies about Israel and learn the Jewish roots of Christianity. Number one. Number two, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for God's protection over Israel. Number three, explain to your family, your friends, and for some, your other church, why we need to stand with Israel. Number four, support charitable projects in Israel that bless the Jewish people. Just don't support ministries that aren't supporting Israel. Larry Huck Ministries, New Beginnings Church. We've already we just made a commitment and have sent three hundred thousand dollars in the last uh, uh, six days to Israel to help pay for all the medical supplies and the relocation of people and and the food and and the shelter, the temporary housing, and obviously we have this long. Uh, track record of blessing Israel. Number five, please don't be silent. Object to anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic attitudes from politicians. One politician in U.S. halls of Congress had a Palestinian flag outside her office. What are you supporting when you do that? The murder and butcher of hundreds of burning babies alive? You're, you're supporting that? You can't renounce that and condemn that, and they can't. It's interesting what party all of this is linked to. Just do your research. Number six, pray for and vote for leaders who are pro-Israel and support pro-Israel policies. And number seven, support Israel through tourism and buying products that are made in Israel. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that Genesis 12:3 is our new beginnings foreign policy. May it be America's foreign policy and may you raise up men and women leaders around America and around the world that will stand Uh, with Israel, and Father, we pray that You would bring peace to that land, Uh, but if Hamas continues to fight, let Israel experience a complete and overwhelming victory so that Israel can be safe and protected in every way. We love You, Lord. We bless You and praise You in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. God love you. God bless you.